Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steven and I are together in the Cleveland studio. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I uh, got home and I saw all the follow-up from the Biden speech, which I frankly did not plan to watch. But when I heard it was the most divisive, the most awful, threatening your families with military force if you don't comply, I watched it. And now, now what happened? I mean, here's the problem they have. Right? Like, it's like they forget about the National Archives. Um, so you can read the speech. And I read it. Okay. Right? I mean, like, I, I read it. Now, here's the other problem is, like, listen, the actual the actual physical environment with the red lights, like, definitely... That was not smart. Like, again, like... God, I, I, I just... It's so frustrating just on a base level dealing with the Biden administration because of the avoidable gaps, right, that are easily capitalized right. on by the other side... And you say, oh, we'll just ignore that. Like, listen, I can't ignore it, you dipshit, because you put it out there, and now they are using it. And so in order to even begin a conversation, this is what I have right. to cut through, because it's easy to talk about, and to use this as a deflection. Oh, the red lighting and the red backdrop, it's very Nazi-esque. And, right. and then he's ranting and raving, and they don't even, like, no one even points out that whenever they show these clips, they never actually use the audio, right? They just show him... Right with a muted audio with this w red background, and yes, it looks like something out of uh, uh, V for Vendetta. Yes, exactly. Right, but yet, like when you actually go to the substance of the speech, what he said. If you think that that speech was divisive and it was targeting a very specific group, and you feel alienated by it, probably because you're the person that he's talking to. Yeah, you're the you're, you're you're the MAGA supporter that blindly supports Trump and all his bullshit. You're the person who doesn't deny like these crazy conspiracy theories when you know they're not true, but yet you're willing to support and 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 say anything because you so hate the Democrats or progressives or liberals or whatever. So you stand by lies, you stand by racism, you stand by author uh, authoritarian tactics, you stand by all this other bullshit, all in the name of because I hate the Democrats, the liberals, and progressives. Right. When you say that they all know it's a lie, I think there's still a lot of them out there who don't. Well, yes, there are plenty of believe, but I, I'm talking to a very specific oh, group okay, out okay. there who know that a lot of it is bullshit, right? Like we were talking about earlier with the president and how healthy he was and what right. his doctor said. You know that's bullshit, but you may not... You may not support it and say, yeah, he is, but you won't come out and say anything against it. And those, you are the exact person that Biden was talking to in that speech, which is why you're now coming out and saying it was the most divisive right. speech ever. Or more likely, you're going to watch Fox News. You're not going to sit down and watch it because you might hear something that actually you agree with. So you're going to watch the Fox News take, and they're going to give you the... Well, here's the thing. We're at a point where that, what you just said, referenced, you know, oh, something... Because... These people are literally at a point where something that they do agree with, they won't agree with it out of pure spite. Right? You can, yeah, you're right. You could go to them and take to them a policy principle from the staunchest conservative, 
But if it comes from a Democrat or a progressive or a liberal, then they automatically will disagree with it just because of who said it or who right. is proposing it. Which is something that we don't do. Because, like, for example, when Trump met with Kim Jong-un, I thought that was a good idea. I thought it was a terrible idea. Well, it tended to being a terrible idea, but yeah. I thought it was a good idea because... <laughs> no, the reason I thought it was a good idea is because dialogue is better than saber-rattling. Now, it's dialogue between, <laughs> between those two, probably not. But in principle, the idea that we have a, a foreign adversary, I'd much rather we were talking to them than saber-rattling, Iran being a perfect example. We are much better off negotiating with Iran than we are um, just saying, if you build nukes and we find them, we're going to blow you up. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to blow up Israel. That, that doesn't help anything. Now, in any event, my point is, on the few occasions when I thought Trump did something good, I was, I'm fine saying it. Just um, that there yeah, weren't any of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I got into something with, with someone earlier in the week where they're just like, you could never admit that Trump did something good. I was like, well... Give me something that he did that was so unbelievable that I get that I don't have any pushback for, and and I'll acknowledge it, right? Like I mean, there was a lot he did that even if it looked good on the surface, like when you go back yeah. and you look through, uh, and you look through the over like the overall outcome and what the what the actual data says, well, no, it actually wasn't that good, right? Like when right. people love to point to the tariffs, right? But there's plenty of issues with the tariffs. We're just like, look, I guess, I mean, you're saying that he dealt with China and dealt them a mighty blow, but the numbers indicate that he, they didn't actually do anything and they might have actually harmed the U.S. economy more than they helped, right? right. Like, well, no one's ever done it before, and he really showed them. It's just like, did he, or, or are they just like, all right, whatever, and they're still finding their workarounds, right? Like, so the, the, I just, I, if, if making, there was... Make, making the decision to pull out of Afghanistan was something that Trump did, and I gave him credit for that. Except he for, fucked it. He fucked it except up. for, he didn't, do it. <laughs> he didn't do it. He put right. it on Biden, but he did it with certain time. Like right. that's my exact point with him, right? Right? Like because there were things that on the surface at the base level were good, but his execution was poor. Whether that was intentional, because I think the thing with Afghanistan was intentional. It was if I don't win this election, whoever does Biden or the Democrats, they're fucked. If they did, they won't right. have a choice, and they're fucked. If I do win the election, then I'll have a way to weasel out. I could at least, can down the road. I could just either, you know, push it down the road or say, hey, I got us out, right? You know, but either, but he, like, again, there were plenty of instances like that, right? Even people want to say, oh, the tax cuts are so important. It's just like, well, motherfucker, how much do you, do you make, <laughs> do you make a million dollars a year or more, right? Are you in the $500,000 or more? Oh, you're not. So here's the funny thing about the tax cuts is that if you're under a certain threshold, your taxes have been, your federal taxes have steadily been going up every year since 2020 or 2021. And they're going to continue until they balance out the cuts that he gave the people that are very, very fucking wealthy, right? And also show me where those tax cuts have actually expanded hiring and everything else, right? Like you, there's, there's a lot where, because a lot of those companies did, you know, massive stock buybacks and they really didn't do the things that they were supposed to right. do. Um, and so th there's just, there, there's plenty out there where you look at it. I can just say from a policy, policy standpoint, there wasn't much that he did, right? That if you, if you go through and you actually look at it all the way through, right? Not just for the headline that right. it is, right? Like, even, you know, even his, his, uh, what was it the criminal justice reform that they did? The, the, uh, 
yeah, I'm the, the first actor, the whatever, whatever yeah. that was. Like it, it wasn't what it, what the headline and the name of it made it out to be. And so I just, when you do an actual critic, critical analysis of the policy, you're, you're just like at best, eh. You know, well, the, the only other thing I could give him credit for would be um, driving the the uh, research for um, the vaccine, which he really doesn't deserve much credit for, and he stirred up the water so much before that that it was well minimally I, what effective. I will say is that like what was it project warp speed yep. or whatever like they they look I think you do need to give him credit for that they did he did cut put that together tape. cut through a lot of you know like regulations and red tape and administrative BS and we got the vaccine now because his own people turned on him on it right right yeah but okay fine but he still gets that vaccine and we know we needed it. Um, now he wants to backpedal because it's not popular amongst his base. Um, that's, that's the kind of weird situation yeah. that is, but I can absolutely give him credit for it, even though he wouldn't want people to say that out loud right. at a certain, in, you sure. know, when he's having these I rallies. Mean, he's had the rally and said, I can't say a word, but I'm, you know, so he's trying to take credit for it while not actually saying the word vaccine. Yeah. I watch way more Trump rally shit than I probably should. Um, but back Biden's speech, he did call out the MAGA crowd for being, divisive to America because they fucking are. Sorry, but when you're literally saying we need to have a civil war, which way too many people are saying, and we brought it up on the show that we don't know what it looks like, but we started to see some examples of what it might. Um, uh, you know, when people are saying that, then yes, it's the president's job to call it out and say we need to be working together. We've got plenty of challenges in the world that we don't need to be right. battling each but other look, over. I can, and, and I can also point to Biden and say, look, this whole thing where you guys are going to go out and you're going to hire 87,000 IRS agents right. and arm them to go after small businesses and to go after people who are making under $100,000 or, or whatever the threshold is, like that's a really shit policy. Right, you know, there's plenty of small businesses, and 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 the argument is, well, they're not paying their fair share. It's like, no, they're paying their fair share and the share of the larger corporations right. that you actually refuse to tax. So going after these small businesses and, and things like that, and going and nickel and diming, you know, the middle class and average Americans. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm oh, that, that's oh, a shit policy. I agree. Right. I mean, and and also because I think there's plenty of people out there who will say. Oh, you're not criticizing Biden. Like I think Biden's entire gun policy and the 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 who they have running the ATF and everything that they're doing from from that standpoint is completely trash and goes against the Constitution, right? Like I have no issue criticizing Biden. I have multiple times said I didn't think he was the right guy for the job, going all the way back to him as VP with Obama up until him being president right now, right? I have plenty of criticisms of him he in his previous have. record. Um, I have, I, there's not, he's not really blowing me away with anything he's done, although he does have some quality accomplishments from a bipartisan yeah. standpoint in a very difficult way, in a very difficult time for getting par bipartisan participation. Sure. Um, so I can give him credit, but I could, I have no issue criticizing him for the, the things that yeah. I, that I no, think are I, bullshit. I, I know that. And, um, and I'm, I'm the same way, although I think you've been more critical because you're more of, I was Because I don't like him. Because you don't like him. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I will say this, he did not look, I mean, he gave the 45-minute speech, whatever it was, he looks like an old man, and he sounded like yes. an old man, because he is an old man, and there's yes. only so much I you mean, can... I mean, at minimum, the argument should be, all right, like, these guys keep getting older and older and older, 
Like, let's get somebody who's younger in there so we can stop having debate on their mental capacity. Right. Whether it's Trump, whether it's Biden, whether it's Bernie Sanders, whether it's whoever. Like, no, I, I mean, ageism, yes, I'm sorry. I have ageism for, like, we, you know what I mean? I have ageism for who can run the country. Sure. You know what I mean? Is there like, no other reason you don't want policy to be made by someone who developed their way of thinking in 1960? Yes. I mean, back to cannabis. Right. You know, Joe Biden thinks it's the devil's lettuce. Like, dude. I mean, okay, fine. But, I mean, just like, look, I, I, I don't, if you're an older, if you're an old white person who was around, right, and you were young enough to be a teenager when they were integrating the schools, right, right and I can't account for where the fuck you were when this was happening, then I don't want you running the country. Right. And what it means is you could very well say like you could be saying all the right things as it as it deals with race and in our country right now. But how do I know that you weren't on the steps yelling at fucking Ruby Ridges and screaming and throwing shit at these little black girls who were who were forced to carry the entire weight of being black in America on their shoulders when they had to walk into these schools and you literally walked out and you riot you literally rioted because a little black girl went to school. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, if you were around during then and I can't account for your whereabouts, I don't want to hear any stories about, because it's amazing, right? You talk to white people now. Yeah, my grandfather totally marched with Martin Luther King, like your grandfather did, right? Because all the white people I know, they're not racist because, oh, uh, their, their families were so supportive of Martin Luther King, right? I was just like, statistically, that shit doesn't even add up. Right, because if all y'all grandparents were so supportive and had so much to do, <laughs> then right, there wouldn't have been. I just protest. feel yeah. like things might have gone a little bit smoother coming along the line. Like, so I'm sorry, I can't continue to buy this from every fucking white person that I meet about how progressive your grandparents were in fucking 1960. Also, by the way, I've met them. <laughs> right, like, so you mean to tell me they've gotten even more conservative since then? Because I mean, like, they're still throwing around terms like "colored" and "nigger." I'm sorry. Right? Like, I just like some of the bullshit that we have to deal with in all this. So, no, if you are old enough to be around during then, yeah, you probably shouldn't be running the country. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> we, at some point, we, and by that I mean you, me, and the Democratic Party, need to come up with a viable candidate for 2024. I don't, I've, I've got some thoughts, but um, honestly, I think right now Gavin Newsom is probably the front runner, and he's clearly man, positioning himself. Man, you put himself. that man out there, that means you don't want to win. I'm not saying it's a good choice. He's I think a he's, terrible choice. I, I, well, <laughs> give me, give me, give me an option. Um, uh, I would put Sherrod Brown out there. Okay. Um, I would put uh, uh, the guy down in Kentucky. Uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of his. I can't, I can't think of his name. The governor. Right now. Yeah. Okay. I would, I would give him some run. Um. Because you're gonna have to, um, you know, Pete but, Buttigieg will be in the discussion. I know. Yeah, I mean, Pete Buttigieg will be in the discussion, and he might, he he could, he could. Um, I don't think he's a bad one. I wouldn't say leave him out. Um, but he, he's got enough to stand on where I think he could hold his own, and I think he 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 really got screwed. Like Bernie and Biden should not like if if you take them out of the equation uh, back in 2020. You get rid of Bernie Sanders. Biden stays completely on the sideline. I do think you get a much different outcome. Maybe you see Buttigieg coming out of there. Um, I think Kamala Harris is going to fall apart no matter what because I just I I think she had me duped as a quality candidate. Now I never want to see her run for anything again, including PTA. But, <laughs> but how much of that is because you felt duped? 
No, it's just like, look, okay. she's just not a good, like, okay. I, she's not, like, if you listen to her talk, it's like, what the fuck are you talking? I mean, she reminds yeah. me of, like, Mariah Carey. Like, she's just a <laughs> fucking space cadet. Um, By the way, Joe Rogan went pretty hard after her because Kamala Harris came out and said uh, something about how awful it was that Brittany Griner was being treated the way she was in Russia. And Joe Biden's, or Joe Biden, Joe Rogan's comment was, how many people have you put in prison for marijuana? Okay, Joe Biden or Joe, Joe, Rogan. Joe Rogan. Shut the fuck up. What? That's true. Because it's not true. Do you, want, was a do you want to talk? She was. She was the attorney general. I'm sorry. All right. She was. She was, a prosecutor was, too, she was an attorney general. Okay. All right. So let's talk about it. Right? right. Like you want to get you and your boy want to talk about shit that you don't know dick about. Then let's talk about it. She was the attorney general of California. So that means she was at the very tip top. Right. right. And a lot of those decisions that were made in terms of those prosecutions, they don't go up to her. Right? It's just through a chain of command. The attorney general doesn't sit there and look at every single case and say yay or nay. Those decisions are made at a very low level, at a moderate level, and they don't, they don't get to her. And it's not because she's incompetent. That's in every fucking state. Right? So a lot of those arrests and a lot of those people who went to prisons, though, first of all, those weren't policies that she instituted. And while she was there, she changed a lot of those policies so that those same people wouldn't end up in jail. Now, also, there were other instances that were brought to her attention, right, where the, the decision had already been made. She was asked about them in an interview. She learned, about the, she learned about whatever the policy or the process was, and she went back and changed it, right? Like, a lot of this is old hat that's been gone through since 2020, but Joe Rogan, and therefore you, didn't go back to actually fact-check some of the bullshit that was being thrown about her. So you're just regurgitating points that are being thrown out there by conservative media that you're accepting is true. Okay, well, I'm not calling Joe Rogan conservative media. Um, I'm not either. Okay. I'm saying he, you okay. and him yeah. are regurgitating okay. talking points okay. that, like, in, okay. like, if you're going to do that, then you need to go back and look and see what actually fucking happened. Right? Like, and I'm not going to do it all for you. Go back and look and see what happened in those instances where you're sitting there saying she threw all those people in jail. And that she should be held accountable for it. Because if you know how the system works, you would realize how dumb of a fucking statement that is. So, she was a prosecutor at one point, right? She was the attorney. Like, so I know she was attorney. She, she was start there. Okay, fine. She was a prosecutor. But then the question becomes, when you look at her record, that, that's the other problem that you have. Because when you look at her record as a prosecutor, you're not seeing people throw. And here's the other thing, too. This is, this is, where, this is where the whole issue with... with Cannabis and people being prosecuted gets fucked up because what happens is people cherry pick. Oh, well, he had a small amount of marijuana. Why is this guy in jail? He's in jail because he fucking robbed somebody at gunpoint and beat him to death with a fucking pistol. And yeah, he had a small amount of weed on him. That's the part that you'd leave out conveniently, right? That a lot of people leave out on both sides of this fucking argument because it doesn't fit their narrative. Democrats leave it out. Right, because they just want to say that that it's these white prosecutors, these white racist prosecutors, throwing people in jail for low-level weed offenses. The motherfucker's not in jail for 20 years because he had a little bit of weed. He's in jail because he beat the shit out of somebody with the fucking Glock 19. Right, like so, and he happened to have he happened to have drugs on him. So if you're gonna make those arguments about what prosecutors do and all these people going to jail for these long sentences for cannabis, let's read their whole fucking rap sheet. Let's read the whole everything that they were charged with and why they're in jail. Then we can start to have. Then we can break it down, right? But don't throw that bullshit at me, right? Because that, like, I actually worked in this. I understand, I understand. what happens, 
right? Like, so leave those fucking Joe Rogan arguments out of it unless you're going to research them and know that what the motherfucker is saying is true. Because at the end of the day, he's just a comedian who happens to be a decent interviewer. Okay. Right? He's not a factual. I mean, he's never worked in the system. He's never worked. He's never done. He's never actually touched it in any way, shape, or form anyway. Right? Like, he's not been involved with it. He's just speaking out. Like, he's just some dude literally getting high, saying whatever the fuck he feels. So don't take that shit as gospel. All right. Absolutely do not take Joe Rogan's word as gospel, which I do not. I do find him entertaining. I do love his show. I love the style of his show in terms of the open conversation. But anyone who takes anything... I mean, he talked about taking ivermectin, which was <laughs> fucking stupid. Um, and, and then CNN ran with it. In fact, I want to... Let me segue with that. Because Lindsey Graham... So CNN ran with it and said Joe Rogan took horse, whatever. Um, but so Lindsey Graham came out on multiple uh, platforms and said something to the effect of if Trump is indicted for a petty crime, that there'll be riots in the streets. And is it Lawrence O'Donnell, I think, is on MSNBC. And I heard a few folks on CNN. Uh, Jim Acosta was one of them saying, Lindsey Riot is advocating for violence in the streets. And... That's not what I was taking from that at all. I think he was saying the very real thing that exactly the people we were talking about a minute ago who are wound up and, and don't and, and genuinely believe, I think they're stupid, but they genuinely believe the country was stolen from them by the deep state and the Democrats. And again, those statements are so dumb. It's, it's almost hard to have a conversation about them. But, it's but so, they're real, right, but, and those people will react that way. Right. I mean, and, and so... I agree with you that Lindsey Graham wasn't saying it wasn't a call to arms right. for the MAGA, right? What he's saying is like, look, we need to be careful how we do this because these people are fucking crazy. Yeah. And if they feel like we've already seen it once and if you if they feel like they've been uh, whatever um, uh, attacked yeah. or that right. Trump has been attacked, then they're going to react violently. Right. And we need to think about how we handle this moving forward. Now, listen. Lindsey Graham, now I'm not, I don't want to apologize because Lindsey Graham is basically saying like, you just need to leave Trump alone, you need to leave us alone, and at the end of the day, just let us run the country and everything will be fine. That's ultimately what he's saying. Yeah, I agree. Right? But, but he's it's not saying it's not CNN necessarily said. like a call to violent action, and I think it's different than, you know, Trump after the election, you know, talking to, talking to the Pran right. talking oh, to yeah. the Proud okay. Boys okay. and Oath Keepers. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. different. Like, Trump, you could say, was definitely more along the lines of inciting violence, inciting a riot, everything else. Even though I think it, the lines are still a little bit blurry, I could buy that argument. What Lindsey Graham is saying is like, look, you better be careful how you do this because these people are fucking crazy, right? But he's also... Well, saying it in a way that's not right. going to turn off the Fox crowd. Right, exactly. But at the same time, Lindsey Graham is also saying like, if you guys just leave us alone and let us run the country right. however we want, you don't have to worry about anything. So it's almost like an implied backdoor yeah. passive aggressiveness that I think you have to you have to acknowledge and call out. But I think there's again because there's nuance, they don't CNN and MSNBC at the end of the day, they don't want to do nuance. They just want to be like, oh no, Lindsey Graham called for violence. That's it. And right? Lindsey's under a bit of pressure right now, right? He's about yeah. to go in front of a grand jury in Georgia. So yeah, he's, I mean he's got we'll, a that's an interest in this. That, I'm slow playing that because again, let's see how that all shakes out. Right, because, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's a big deal. You've got a sitting U.S. senator that's going to go before a grand jury that could be a target, um, not just as a witness, but as possibly. There's, yeah. there's a lot of politics to be played in that scenario where I could easily see this after he, uh, you know, after he testifies in front of the grand jury, all of this magically just gets shut down and the prosecutor starts to sing a different tone 
Why that happens, we don't know, but it could be Lindsay's just like, look, if you're really gonna make me do this, then you're gonna see why you shouldn't fuck with me. And this prosecutor may very well find that out, and we may very well may never see much beyond that. That so that's why I just want to slow play it. Not because I think that him and Trump definitely did something wrong that's worth prosecution in Georgia specifically by calling and and trying to get those votes changed and right. the fake electors and all that. But the reality is, chances are none of that shakes down because someone getting spanked in a baby doll outfit with a dildo up their ass is going to change their tune. <laughs> like, that's the type okay. of shit that's just like, if you do this and these pictures come out, right? Oh, gotcha. Okay, I didn't know what you meant. Though. Okay, stay uh, with me. Yes, but I, I did want to call out CNN and MSNBC because I think their journal journalism was irresponsible. And, you know, for me to be defending Lindsey Graham, which I don't even think I'm actually doing. No. Okay. Because, I think again, I, I, you can make an argument that it's a passive-aggressive threat, and it's a call for them to be able to have the control and do what they want, right? Like, just, just if you just leave right. us alone, then you don't have to worry about anything. So I think there, there is okay. something to it. But where CNN and MSNBC need to get better or need what they need to do in lieu of what they're doing is explaining the, the levels of this and the nuance of what he said as opposed to Lindsey Graham called for violence in the street. Right. Right. I mean, because yep. that's just that, that's not what this is. And that's that's they're just they're just as bad as Fox with contributing to the problem because of all these hot takes that they're willing to throw out there, uh, whether they're right or wrong or with no sort of actual evaluation of what's being said. The one way I'm going to push back on that, though, is at least CNN and MSNBC played what Lindsey Graham said. Unlike what you were saying before with they're not even showing what Joe Biden said. They're just showing him and making it as sinister looking as possible, and um, or or and if they are using audio, then it's heavily edited. Yes, right. Yes. I mean, it's literally you know patching and piecing you know a sentence here, a word there, right? Um, you know, and that's I mean it's blatantly obvious. But again, for even if for those who know what's going on, if you're willing to sing the praises of MAGA all in the name of because you hate the Democrats and the progressives, you're willing to accept it and stand by it. And that makes you just as bad as the people who are hard, true believers. Agreed. Agreed. All right, I want to touch real quickly on something. I do want to say more about Fox, but Sarah Palin lost in Alaska because of a weird rule about how... Um, Ranked choice voting. Right. And you tweeted about it. Yeah, I uh, mean, well, it's or, pretty simple. Um, so Republicans put in ranked choice voting, um, essentially to hurt um, the. And real quick, say what it is, or or, or I'll do it. Ranked choice voting. Yeah. I mean, essentially, like so, it's not necessarily who, like so, you have like let's say you have four candidates, right? Like it's whoever has the highest like gross percentage of right. votes. As opposed to who is directly elected, but, but you say I want this person first, this yes. person second. So it's it's almost like a college so you literally football. you rank them, yeah, right, and then whoever has the most overall, like whoever is ranked number one the most or the highest ranked person consistently across, you know, the polls is ultimately who comes out to be the winner, right? So you may not necessarily have the most direct votes, but if you have the most if you have right. the highest ranking... Basically the most popularity. Right. It, it is a giant popularity contest. I think it's a really bad idea and a bad way to do elections. But, so do I. 
Alaska chose this and they they did it because they wanted to punish one of their own, uh, Lisa Murkowski, uh, for her voting to impeach Trump. So, you know, the, the Alaskan GOP says, all right, screw you, even though you're a Republican, you know, we're, this is how we're going to get you out, Murkowski, is we're going to have this ranked choice voting. So just because you get, you know, the most votes for number one, our MAGA candidate will get more votes and then you'll be out. Well, that's not quite how it shaked out and now, or how it shook out. And now, like, Republicans are pissed about ranked choice voting in Alaska, even though they put it in to fuck someone that they didn't like. And it ended up fucking them completely. Not only did it not fuck the person that they wanted it to, but they actually lose ground in the House because of it. Right. And it's a short-term loss because yeah. it's it's a, a special election because of a congressman who died. But a Republican still, who the, died. Problem, the, the problem that they have, though, is that the ranked choice voting is still there. And then, it, like, so if you can lose that election, even though it's a special election, then there are other elections that you can lose because of it, right? I right. mean, like, oh, both, yeah. and both parties sure. can, but now all of a sudden where you thought you were in good position, you may have actually pulled yourself, you put, put yourself in a worse position, you know, trying to be spiteful dicks. Yeah. And how many times, whether it's Democrats with a filibuster and all these times, you change the rules because you're in control and you want to stick it to somebody and then that thing stays on the books until it doesn't. Right. And when it comes back to bite you in the ass and you're Sarah Palin whining and going, why am I not popular anymore? Well, one, because you've been proven to be a moron. <laughs> Two, you made your way being the hot governor and then started talking and doing a bunch of other shit. And, you know, it's a bunch of years later. Sorry, Sarah, you're not, uh, you know, knocking people's socks off anymore. And my cousin said he would vote for her because she was hot. I'm like, at the time Biden was vice president. I'm like, I don't care if Joe Biden's not hot. I want a good well, vice president. Uh, weird, but... <laughs> I mean, I think the thing I made with a Sarah lot, Palin, I made a lot though, weirder when I talked to my cousin. I mean, the thing with Sarah Palin, though, is just like, look, whatever it is, like, either way, you're out, right? I mean, and you, you can blame your own party for you being out. You know, now, I, I, it's not quite on the same level as the filibuster just because... Oh, the impact is way different. Like, the impact and also, like, so, like, Mitch McConnell blatantly said, like, look, if you do this, I'm going to use it against you and it's going to fuck you basically forever, Right. Whereas the Democrats thought like they were against this, but they thought it was going to fuck them. And so they're like, this isn't fair. It's going to like it's going to hurt our chances, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then so now the question with the Democrats is, all right, it worked out in your favor this time. But do you really still think ranked choice voting is a good idea? And getting them to flip on that, I don't I, I, th I think that the, the Democrats are going to do what they're going to do. And they're going to screw this up, and they're going to decide that since it worked out for them this time, that they're going to just like, all right, let's just stick with let's it. Let's stick with that. And uh, I, I don't know if if lightning can strike twice, but it could because they have such a fucked up system. So True. I don't know. Maybe it makes. But sense. now that's a one house seat. But when it comes to the Senate seats, a senator from Alaska matters, you know, as much as a senator from anywhere else. Yeah. And controlling the Senate, like you brought up Murkowski, you know, she actually had to stand. She actually stood on principle and said, "I've got to do this." And they tried to fuck her, and here right. comes the whole... And she's comes, folded her 10 ever since. I mean... What's yeah. that? She folded yeah, her 10. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Now she's 100% on board, except for, you know, defending her decision at the time. But then also will easily backpedal and backtrack. So, I it's, mean... It's nice to have a constituency that will allow you to backtrack and say, Oh, I never really meant that. Now I'm pro-Trump. Yeah, and Exactly. And it's like there's no consequence for previous actions. Unlike Democrats, it'll hold a grudge for 20 years when you did something, you know... In 1982. Um, 
which was four years ago. So back to journalism and irresponsible journalism. So Brian Kilmeade showed a picture that he said was the the lawyer, or sorry, the judge who authorized the search warrant on Mar-a-Lago. It's him holding a bottle of whiskey and an Oreo, a thing of Oreos, smiling, getting his feet rubbed by Jelaine Maxwell. Mm. It was a Photoshop of a Jeffrey Epstein actual picture. But right. he showed it out there and said, here's the guy that made that decision. Meaning Epstein was the one getting his feet rubbed by yes, right. Giselle Maxwell and but they, they made just photoshopped the judge's yes, head on correct, it. correct. Sorry if I said that wrong. Um, so that is, so that's the difference between CNN and Fox, in my opinion, is that's flat-out manufactured bullshit. And they ended Kilmeade's show with that. And then Sean Hannity comes on shortly thereafter and says, that may have been photoshopped or I think that, or something like that. So it's, it's just a bullshit way to put it out there and then cover your ass and say, we were joking. Can't you people take a joke? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's very intentional, right? Like, oh, no. I yes. mean, it's <laughs> Fox, Newsmax, OAN, OAN. They all do this where they throw something out there. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter, right? Because at the end of the day, like, from an editing standpoint, you go back afterwards and you say, oh, yeah, this was a mistake. We didn't know. It wasn't true. This was photo. Like, they'll put right. some sort of an asterisk somewhere to, like you said, cover their own ass. But once it's already out there, especially in the age of social media, then they know that there's some guy on 4chan or Reddit or there's some group out there that's going to take it and run with it, and they're going to spin it. And as long as they get it out there into the body politic, it's like, it's again, it's literally like injecting a virus, right? Like sure. the, the whole point is to get it out there so that it's something that people, it, even if it's not true, people still, you still have to defend against it. Right, like yeah. you still like someone's gonna throw it. Like, oh, did you know that the judge was on a plane with Epstein? <sighs> that wasn't real. That was Photoshop. But you still have to have that conversation. That person's gonna battle you back and forth and tell you that you believe this, all the bullshit, right? 100%. And you never get to the actual like meat of a of a political debate, right? Like you, then you never actually talk about policy or what's being done right. or what's not being done. You just focus on this thing that was thrown out there as bullshit. And then you walk away and you're like, God damn it. Like, you know, sure. and, and that's or, how it works. Or, or and that, that guy that you just described always has this response. I've done my research. Right. Oh, have you? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and we know all the, the, the dumb shit that they're going to say. But at the end of the day, you're still, and still in order to engage with this person, like that's what you have to fight through to get to any sort of common sense conversation. Right. But you rarely, which, which no but one, now that like getting to that common sense part is, is nearly impossible. It's a real challenge. I actually had this with a, a guy outside of the bar we were talking about, um, where he was talking about how uh, it, was, it was about George Floyd. And I had a calm, rational discussion with him, and he talked about what an awful human George Floyd was and how you know, he threatened to stab a woman. I'm like, okay, all that's beside the point, though. Let's talk about the issue. The issue was we watched a guy get murdered on video, and that was wrong. And we got to watch that agony for nine minutes. And for people to say, I'm not going to put up with that shit is a reasonable way to do it. And then he would come back with, well, George Floyd was up, was on drugs. Again, true, not relevant. Um, so I've been able to kind of parry and, and politely uh, have these conversations with people who normally wouldn't. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, I've done my research and you just listen to the liberal media. That is all most of these folks need. And it's, just amazing. I had a guy yesterday tell me that Biden wasn't even in the Democratic debates. I was like, um, 
Yep, sure was. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, I didn't see him. I'm like, well, there were a lot of people when they started, so... And I started running through didn't events. He, didn't he... Was, was during his debate, isn't that when Corn Pop came up? Was that during a debate or was that during a speech? Remember, Corn Pop, no. Remember Corn Pop, the black kid that swam in his local swimming club no, or whatever? No, I don't remember that. You remember Corn I Pop. I do not. All right, well, you're going to have to look up Corn Pop. I will look up Corn Pop. Like Joe how Biden bad, and Corn Pop. Was it, was it awful? It was pretty bad. But then Biden actually recently told another speech about uh, somewhere in Delaware or Pennsylvania about how he used to go and then he would watch all the, the, the kids from the neighborhood. It was a black neighborhood and he would watch all the kids in the neighborhood play basketball and now he understands why these, t- these inner city teams, man, they got good basketball teams. Because he saw some good ball being played. Okay, when we started the show and we said people <laughs> at age shouldn't be running shit, that's uh, an example of why. Yeah. Oh, dude, my I, God. I, 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 okay, uh, I did not see that. I'm not being willfully ignorant of Joe Biden saying dumb shit. Joe Biden says a lot of dumb shit. We, do, we, should, we should literally, well, probably in two years come up with a, or a year come up with a, who can the Democrats put out there that isn't a fucking disaster? Because there's got to be somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think there are. I mean, the, the reality is it's just the problem is what you're up against is so unique from his, yeah. a historical standpoint, right? Um, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, uh, it's the, those are the only two who are going to come out of the Republican Party. Uh, and it's just they're both willing to say, fuck the rules, fuck all of that. I'm going to do and say whatever I have to, not even making like, you know, outlandish political promises. Like I'm going to, you know, cut, right. you know, like Bush, no new taxes. And okay. Right. No, I mean, they will literally say anything, right? Like, I mean, Trump proved, I mean, and which is why DeSantis is willing to say, all right, I could say anything. You know, Trump said things about grabbing women by the pussy and killing people in the middle of the street. Um, you know, calling Muslims terrorists and Mexicans rapists and shithole countries, and the list goes on and on and on. At his rallies, he thinks he's like, you know, a combination of Frank Sinatra and fucking Andrew Dice Clay. Like, I mean, like, and so there's no, there's no limit. And then the people who support him slash DeSantis have no standards. Right, their only right. standards are whatever screws over progressives, Democrats, whatever criticizes sure. them or attacks them, is what we support. Period. Point blank. The end. And so, as a Democrat, being up against that, I don't, I don't know what the right combination of, uh, of I don't know what the right combination is is to beat it. Right now, some people will argue like, oh, well, Biden, Biden beat Trump before. Biden beat Trump by the skin of his dick because. You know, there, it was it was a it was a train wreck. Yes, but I don't know. Like I don't know if Biden's done enough, right? Oh, to, to, his, his approval ratings tell you he has. Right. I mean, his oh, approval rate better. But now here's the thing. Now this is where I was worried, but ultimately I'm starting to, to to come around. Is I do think women's rights in abortions are moving the needle enough to where, like that's where Lo- Trump lots and, of young and, women and, are and registering. Right, and people are going to have a problem. Right. I didn't have a lot of faith. Because frankly, these people didn't give me anything to have faith in, right? Like, there's a lot of people who, like, I mean, we, you can't look at it and just be like, I don't know where that's coming from. Like, there's like the last fucking twenty years, you know, between voter turnout with with a lot of these issues, like this has been at stake. Abortion has been at stake since since the since the Reagan administration, right? And and so 
for now all of a sudden for it to come to fruition, yes, it makes sense that these women are now motivated and, and, and are mobilizing, but I didn't have a lot of faith because there were plenty of indicators that this was coming and they didn't fucking move. But they didn't see... The people that you're talking about don't follow this closely. They don't see it's coming until the ship hits the iceberg and all of a sudden they're like... Holy shit! I no, I mean, I, it's not that they didn't see. I think I, that they I, were I, just. I think their arrogance got them. Okay. All right. That. Like I, I think it was. Oh, they're not going to be able to figure it out. They're not going to be able. To, they're not going to bubble. You know. I mean that that that's that's where you guys get in trouble. You just always go to the the that I. Intellectual it's not affect me. The intellectual elitism, it doesn't impact me, it doesn't affect me, sort of thing. Like, this is an issue with Democrats that I, I, I have a really big problem with. And because I think it hinders you um, from winning elections, and you want to use it in arguments at the bar and debates with a person like me, okay, fine, whatever, congratulations. But you're also turning off the people that you need as fucking allies to vote with you. And when you constantly talk down to people, right, about what they don't know and about, well, haha, I've won the intellectual argument. Well, they're like, haha, you get Donald Trump, motherfucker. Well, okay, I see what you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing with any of that. But what I'm talking about is the 25 year old girl who works at you know whatever and says, I'm not into politics. Politics bores me. Politics is annoying. Everyone's just yelling. They don't want to get involved because. In the end, they think their day-to-day life isn't affected. Then they get told, oh, by the way, if you get raped and get pregnant, too bad. Yeah. So that's a different demographic. That's a different demographic, but I'm speaking directly to those women 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, who know damn well that I'm talking to them, who set out, who didn't who ignored everything and they gave the excuse, like they don't have the same excuse as a 20 year old girl in college of just being young and dumb, right? Like you're a fucking grown ass woman and you say, well, they don't pay attention. That's on fucking you. Agreed. Right? Like that, like that's, Agreed. how is that a fucking excuse, right? It's not. And then, but all those same women, they actually do pay attention, but they actually, they, because they don't want to get into the debate with you at the bar or they don't want it to be a big thing, but they know exactly what's happening and yet they, they still choose to kind of sit, sit things out on the sideline. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, it's too late. Right. So now, like, OK, I'm glad those women are moving off the sideline. Um, it, it's just the question of is it, is it going to be enough? Right. And I think that's a legitimate question. Is it going to be enough? Um, and you, I think we all acknowledge that Biden shouldn't be run back out there. Yeah. Um, but th- does he have enough? Does he have enough self-awareness? Um, does he, is, is he selfless enough to actually step down and, and help to figure out who a better candidate is? I don't believe he is. I don't believe he thinks that there's anyone better. And I think there are people out there who will give him the wrong idea by saying, Joe, you did it before. We can do it again. Right? Like, if, you, if that's you, you're fucking guilty of elder abuse. Right? Like, just, <laughs> like, fucking stop it. Like, I think if you get the right candidate, you can beat Trump or DeSantis. It's going to be an interesting combination of of skills that you need to do it i think it can be done i just think it's a hell of an uphill battle and i don't think we're on the right path right now the one thing i want to circle back on though is those women that are sat on the sidelines before that are suddenly mobilizing now they will also hold a grudge so just because there isn't a you know a candidate uh, or a, a an issue on the line that affects them directly like uh reproductive rights that's fine but they're not gonna be enough 
Okay. Well, like, they're, so they're, you need, they're, like, they're, you need a broad range of people. And, like, the, I'm sorry, like, as important I, as you are, you don't get the credit for being the whole shebang. Oh, okay. Like, you I, need I, a, I agree with that. Right. Like, all right. Like, listen, we need more than just pissed off women, right? Because you got a lot of black people that are just like, yeah, we don't give a fuck about any of that. Fuck you. Fuck that. Like, Biden, you haven't done shit for us. You know, Trump, you're an asshole, so fuck right off. Like, you, you have a large group of people that all have a lot of different things that they that 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 they feel should be addressed that you need to get to form a coalition right and there's no one group that's more important than the other there's no one group that well if without us like bitch we need everybody i don't have time for the grandstanding I don't have time for the for the dick measuring contest of who's the most aggrieved of who've had to deal with the most and who's done the most right you have a you have an existential problem of this country being ripped apart and destroyed by the fucking psychopaths on the other side. I don't have time for your bullshit. I don't want to hear it. Philly Dave, don't fucking text me with any sort of bullshit about who you think I don't care. You need every fucking body on board. Right? We need all those egos to get the fuck out of the way if you want to win this thing. You motherfuckers aren't prepared for the fight that these people are willing to bring to you because they will fucking kill you where you stand. Do you get that? So put your bullshit away and get people mobilized and get to the polls, right? Because your fucking life depends on it. I don't want to hear any more bullshit from anybody on this. That's just where you're at, right? Like, I mean, or, like, or, or, or fuck around and find out, right? Because you don't like, y'all don't like it when I'm right, right? And this is one thing where you're really not going to like it if I'm right. So if you want to fuck around and find out, continue with all these intellectual debates you want to have. But those people having those intellectual debates do vote. And lack of voter turnout. Right, but is they drive they people. They also drive people away. They That's drive true. people That's to true. the other side or they drive people to stay That's home. True. That's right, true. constantly beating down on someone and telling them all the, all the shit that they don't know and that you're the fucking smartest person in the room. No, That's true. Drives people to the other side or drives people to stay home. True. Right, True. so congratulations, you vote, but you just but you just lost. Like you like you, we're at a net loss because you drove that person to the other side, and you drove that person back home. And I think that the reproductive rights issue is going to be a net positive for the Democrats, and probably a significant one. We'll see. You're yeah, right. I mean, I, again, I think you well, you can't make that assumption. You just have to assume that you are behind the eight ball one hundred percent, and you got to get as many you, people. You always have to be treated. Yes, and you have to get as many people on your side as possible. Look, right, and, and but but by doing what you're doing, by saying this is the most important group, that's, that's, that's not, not going to get it done. That's, that's the only reason I'm by saying, saying it's a net positive. Ultimately, you're saying okay, it's, but it's, because it's 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 a change in the demographic. It's a, it's a change in the voting populace, in that's heading in the Democrats' direction. Status quo has been status quo for a while. What you just described about winning the intellectual battle and losing the war is exactly what happened in 2016. Yep, and and a lot of people, almost me among them, said. It's not going to go the way I'm afraid of. I can take this less seriously. I, you, we've talked about Gary Johnson a bunch of times. Most of the people listening probably don't even remember who the fuck Gary Johnson is. But I was this close to voting for the guy because I thought, I don't like Hillary, and, and Trump's not going to win. Now, I flipped at the end when I saw it was a possibility, but that's what you're describing. That's what happened in 2016. I don't think that'll happen in 24. And I could be wrong. I don't think it will. But I think that you have to act like it's going to, no, no. The, right? And you have to avoid fight like you're behind, right? Always. You got to fight from behind. And you got to avoid the pitfalls that lost you, that got you, that got you here. And my concern is, as you get further away from 2016, 
that people are are just are forgetting. So whatever you know net positive gain you get from the right, reproductive rights crowd, you have to be careful that you don't lose other people sure. in other arenas. Um, and 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 you can't. You also just can't rely on people's f- disdain for the other side. Right, like you've Correct. got to work to to build an actual coalition because the other part is that you need to be effective in leadership, right? Like, so if you do get this and you actually need a cohesive plan on what to do if you get power, so that you don't have these fumbles and these screw ups that weaken you, that allow them to slip back in, right? That allows the other side to take advantage of the of where you where you fucked up. And, and I just, that's, and, and you can make an argument, that's what Trump and his team weren't prepared for, right? They took advantage of the weaknesses of the other side in the campaign, but then from a policy standpoint, when they got in there, they had so many fuck-ups and so many gaps that it was just enough to let Joe Biden in and break up the party after one term, right? But, I, like, where is Biden at on this right now? Is there enough for him to retain? I, I don't know, right? Like, I mean, because he got off to a really bad start. We've seen some good things on the back end. But then the question is, can they carry that momentum all the way through twenty, the rest of 22 and 23, right. getting us to 24? I don't know. So the, the, this, the next year and a half has to be about coalition building. Agreed. Agreed. Um, real quick, um, so... Hannity and Tucker Carlson and a bunch of the other Fox folks have been deposed in that massive um, lawsuit over voting systems. Now, getting deposed just means they're being summoned to go to court, correct? That doesn't mean that they have to testify or that they... Deposed means that they, they have to go into a deposition and they have to, they have to give a statement, so, okay. right? And it's, it's different. It's legally... It's like being under oath. Uh, no, it's, it's a little bit different. Like, a deposition is different than... Um, d- different than some sort of like actual testimony. Okay. Um, like yes, you want to like yes, there's a, a um, an oath or there's a- an expectation of, of of honesty and uh, but it's just it's the rules around depositions are just different than what they would be in court. Do you have to show up? No, but there are implications that can be taken from it, right? Like so. Uh, take for instance, uh, you know, people plead the fifth. Like you can plead the fifth in a criminal case, and it's not. There's not supposed to be certain implications taken from that, right? It's not sure. supposed to be held against you. You take the fifth in a civil proceeding, though, then they can absolutely say, well, since you didn't answer that question, we can imply, infer, or assume okay. X, Y, and Z, right? So in a deposition, it's it's a little. The rules are a little looser. It's a little bit different, but it can. Um, unless it's explicitly stated that it can't be, depositions can be used against you, right? Like, so you got to, like, okay. you don't want to so, necessarily ignore them. You want to be honest, but I, I mean, there's an argument that you, you don't want to, there's certain things that you're not going to want to say, and you're going to want to be careful on how you word them, but it's not the same, and it's not as binding as, let's say, a okay. testimony actually given in a, an official court proceeding. Um, I'm sure there's, the answer to this is, it can be either, but... Depositions can be sealed or or public, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, the depositions rare. Like you, you rarely see, um, like not not that it's uncommon, but you you rarely see w- what comes out. You can get them; they can be public. Yes, 
Uh, but they can be private. There's, okay. you know what I mean? They, so, because if you're, if you're Tucker Carlson right now and you're, uh, you know, being deposed and being asked, you know, did you know this particular story was complete bullshit? Obviously asked in a more articulate manner than that. But, um, uh, you know, if you're worried about that no, coming he's out. He's not worried. Okay. All right. I saw the headline. I threw it in there. I was. I wanted to talk to you about legal, it. His legal team has already come out. They in an actual court proceeding said. Oh, that's true. That that's no, right. one should, no one should take this serious. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. What? What? What more do you need? And, and yet, and still, these people watch it. And they're just like. I mean, you saw that. You, you know, I I knew that. I've used, I've used that example a ton of times. It just slipped my mind right now. Or whatever. Yeah, that's. I mean, like that's why this is not as nearly right. big a story. Right. Not to mention all the. We, I mean, Laura Ingram and all these people texting Trump on January 6th, like, this can't happen. This is going to ruin everything. You got to call them off. Like, we, all that shit is out there. And right? no one, like, and we know, these, we know all these people are full of shit because they've told us themselves. Right? Like, they've literally told us themselves. And yet, and still, the people still watch Fox News and believe that it's fucking gospel. So, I, I'm not and sure, right. you know, what, what's supposed to come out of this. You're right. No, you're right. Um, I mean, I... I've been pounding that drum for, for years that they can say what they want and not be held accountable. Why it would be different in a deposition. Yeah, it's I not. mean, they're li- they've, but they've literally come out and said, we are full of shit. Yes. And people are just like, feed I mean, us more. Not, not only that, but they even structured their... So I don't know exactly how the FCC stuff works, but if you call yourself a news organization, there's a different standard than if you call yourself entertainment. Yeah. And it's actually Fox, Fox Entertainment. News, Fox News Entertainment, entertainment or yes. whatever, yeah. And so, yeah, they're just like when I had that argument with a friend who said, uh, gave me this book about being a vegetarian, and it's a novel. And I said, this is a novel. Well, that doesn't mean it's not true. Yes, And it that's does. exactly what that's it means. That's actually what that, it means. That, that's what the definition of novel means. Um, all right. You know, two things. One, uh, Serena Williams retired, and um, that's the end of a really amazing era. She, yeah, I mean, it's it's... She's not going to. I mean, I think the sports community, whether it's ESPN or, uh, um, you know, the, the tennis community as a whole, has done a good job of recognizing who she is, what she's brought to the game, how dominant she's been. Um, you know, her and her sister, right. and just not to mention, you know, what they did in terms of race in the sport of tennis, uh, race and and women's sports in general. Um, you know, the, the, the empires that they built outside of tennis, um, the impact that they've had on fashion, the impact that they've, they've had on black women in media. Um, they're also willingness to be unapologetically black, um, is something that really can't be overstated. Um, you know, whether it's how they style their hair, how they, you know, how they dress, the things that they're willing to push back on that, that came out of the tennis world. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's so much that, that, they've, that they've done that a lot of people makes people uncomfortable, that people don't want to talk about, or just like, can't we just focus on sports? <laughs> um, and, but yet they're, they're so much bigger than just the game of tennis. And so it's important that I think that they're, that they're celebrated. And so for them to do that, in what is probably the most pretentious sport, with the possible exception of golf, mm-hmm. and the most white-dominated sport, with the possible exception of golf, makes it that much more impressive. Right. I mean, well, I mean, I think golf is actually way more white-dominated um, in terms of from a professional level. Yeah, I'm trying um, to think. I mean, like, I mean, think about it. I mean, well, you can yeah. you can name. I mean, I think there's 
there's other than Tiger, there's like one black guy that that kind of pops up as on a, the tour a, as an American. Right, like Vijay Singh, which I don't think he's black, but he's he's not black. His name is Vijay Singh. Singh. He's uh, fucking Indian. Okay, okay, I didn't know. Or, or some, he's, or, he's, he's, he's Asian. Yeah. East Asian, yes. Um, but I'm trying to think. If anyone else was dark? Right. I mean, but, you know, I mean, it, it's they're they're it's not out there in golf, and it's it's there's a there's more black tennis players, right? At least as it relates to America, uh, um, and non-white tennis players, and there are golfers um, at that level. Yeah. Right. There's plenty of black guys that play golf, but in terms of at a high level on the PGA Tour, Live Tour, um, which I guess you have to you mention yeah, now, yeah. Um, or the whatever the official tennis tour is, um, you know, the, it's just yeah, it, it's just there's more there there are more brown faces in tennis, but a lot of that is because of the pathways that were opened by Venus and Serena and their father. Um, you know, who really pushed them, who got a bad rap. But I think a lot of the reason why Richard got a bad rap was a lot of it was based on his race and how he had to get those girls into the sport, right? Like he couldn't afford to do it through the country club way and the way that a lot of girls, like I have a good friend of mine that I went to high school with who, you know, he and his wife were very successful. They've got two very you know, smart and talented young girls and they go, you know, they've taken lessons at country clubs and they get to travel around and they have the most expensive rackets. Well, that's not what Venus and Serena had. That's not what Richard had. Um, they had to come a very different, they had to come up through the sport a very different way and he had to be very different on how he got them into the sport. He had to bring attention to them. He, you know, like they, he, like he needed to, to take the heat of that um, and, and, this was the fruit of his labor. And I mean, I think he can be very proud of what he accomplished and what his daughters were able to really execute um, and that I think, he started. And I think a lot of the younger black girls that are playing now were inspired by Absolutely. the Williams. And, you know, whether and, it's and Coco Goff or, or um, uh, I can't think of the other girl's name now, but yeah, absolutely inspired by that. And, and Coco Goff is what, 16? Something so like she that, would yeah. Grown, she would have grown up Seeing them, right. in there their, was in their like prime. for these for a lot of these girls now. They have not seen tennis without Venus and right. Serena. Right, exactly. Right, like it did, to and them see, the idea and, and of, see them dominating. Right, and now and and there's just in and, and in general there's more, but you see more diverse. You're seeing more diversity in the sport. Sure. Um, maybe much to the chagrin of the people at Wimbledon, but nonetheless, it's still there, and and it's and it's good. Right, it's yeah. great because you know kids see that there's more. Like, not only is there more to, you know, being a, a black child going into adulthood thinking that your only way out are golf, or I'm sorry, are basketball and football, but now it's more than basketball and football, and it's not just young black boys. It's girl. It's young black women who see they have opportunities besides just going to the WNBA. Right, like that. In reality, they're probably better off being professional tennis players or professional oh. golfers, um, as opposed to going to the WNBA. That's going to be capped because nobody really wants to watch them do something. Where you know tennis and soccer and some of these other sports that women play, especially on the international level, can be much more lucrative. Um, and then also, where Venus and Serena come in are the things that they built outside of tennis. Um, 
and yes, it's because of the amount of money that they made through endorsements, deals, and everything else, but they were still able to build empires where you didn't see black women in those spaces. Um, and they, and just by having those, right, with the people that they hire and the people that they put in positions of power will have influence over young black women because they're going to do exactly what white people do is hire people who look like them and give, you know, their friends right. opportunities. Now, Venus and Serena are surrounded by a whole lot of white people, sure. right? And I'm pretty sure Serena married a white guy. But nonetheless, um, they're still going to be open to giving opportunities to people who look like them that qualify, which there's a lot to be said for that, right? Just opportunities sure. in general. And networks matter so much. Yeah. I mean, in my personal life, networking has been the foundation of my career. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly since I started my own consulting Right, business. I mean, and, you know, I can speak to that. Look, I mean, my, my ability to quit my job and start this project that I'm working on is solely because of my network. Yes, yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, like, just everyone from, you know, the co-developer that I brought in to the guys that I'm working with to, you know, ties to the, the different The birth cities. of the idea was a conversation right. with your network, right? Right, exactly. So, I mean, so much, it, it, there's so it's so important to be able to build a network and for a lot of... A lot of young black kids, one of the biggest issues that they have is that their network isn't very expansive. It's only the people where they grew up as opposed to having the ability to have college classmates and grad school classmates yep. and, for, and, and, and you know people that you know through the industry that you work in and people that you've met at conferences and all of a sudden, right? Like the, and I've been, I am very fortunate that I have all of that. I've got people that I can call on from college and law school and everything else. And, and allow to help lift me up, right? And put me in a position to succeed where a lot of people don't have that. But if you expand the more black people that have access to those type of networks, yeah. then the more opportunities they can provide for the kids back home in the hood who, who don't, right? And that, and that for and the Serena- more And the more examples they can show to those kids back in the hood. Yes. You know, you can do this without right. being you a have star other, an athlete. Right, you have other options besides just being an entertainer or an athlete. Um, and that's that's really really important for kids to see whether they're from you know where Serena, Serena and, and Venus grew up out there in in, in L.A. or um, you know whether it's Chicago or Youngstown or wherever. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, we're at an hour. I want to wrap this up, but we should both be ashamed of something that's not on the board, and maybe we should do a little special on it. What's that, Lynn Dawson? No. No. Well, that was last of, week. Or was it the week? NFL starts this week? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Do yes. a bonus show? Um, sure. All right. Thanks for listening. We're at Whiskey Connors on Instagram and Twitter. Look for the bonus show. If we had tried to talk about it at the end, we'd be here for another hour. And we're up. Mm-hmm.